Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Okay, so one more, one more question um, for you guys uh, before we really get into things is, who, who is someone over the holidays, okay, I know, you, you know, this is a time to see people that you don't necessarily see all the time, who is someone that you saw that you were, that you don't necessarily see all the time that you're really excited to see? Is there someone like that? Yeah? Anyone want to volunteer that? Ezra? Who's that? Your cousin? Cousins are awesome, right? So my kids got to see some cousins, yeah? Your siblings. Yeah, that's true. Your siblings are not all here, so it's really great to see them too. Grandma, yeah. Brother-in-law, yeah, all right. That's true. Whoa, 20, your 21-year-old grandson drove from Texas. That is really sweet. That was was that that wasn't a surprise, right? Or was it? Okay. It was iffy. <laughs> well, we'll have to strike that from the record. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's good. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Benjamin's friend Drew. Yes, that is awesome. So yeah, we'll have to ask how that trip went. But yeah, you know, hopefully we got a chance to see some people. We were we were gone. Uh, we took a very long road trip. Um, 4,200 miles in uh, 12 days, um, which is a lot even for us. <laughs> so, um, but in that span, we did get to see some, some people that we don't get to see, or some people we didn't get to see for years, and it was really, really fun. It was fantastic. It went really well um, in a lot of ways. But you know, there's also the opportunity when we are seeing people, um, especially perhaps that we haven't seen in a while, um, for some conflict, right? Um, and I'm not going to ask you to name your conflicts, so that's not a question we'll put out in the open space right here. Um, but, you know, you might have had some conflict. Um, you might have had uh, some things come up that um, don't always come up, and, you, you know, there's ways of handling that, and sometimes that goes better than other times. And, you know, there's, kinda, there's different levels of conflict, right? There's the, there's the conflict that's just annoyance, right? Um, so, you know... I, I find that with siblings, we see this a lot. Um, as, I, as I mentioned, uh, my kids and I were uh, in a car for 4,200 miles. Um, you might imagine that there may have been some annoyance uh, occurring in the vehicle. So, um, you know, that, that happens. So we have that. But, but sometimes the conflicts go deeper, right? And there's things that we, uh, you know, we just see come up and we don't really want to address them because um, they're going to be difficult, right? And I bring that up this morning because in our passage, um, we're going to have some context of conflict or tension that's occurring, um, some underlying tension that's occurring between um, some folks and what, what it is that the Apostle Paul is going to do with that. And it's, it's interesting to think about um, and to see. So, um, but before we get into that, uh, you know, we're in the series, The Way and Is the Way On, and since it's, especially since it's in the year, it's been a little bit of time, 
I wanted to set us up with where we've been, okay? So hopefully, when I go through this, this is going to be completely review. You're going to be like, Caleb, this is so boring. We've heard this so many times. That's, that's, that's my goal. I, I, that's exactly what I want, is for you to say, I've heard this so many times. I already know this. So, um, but if that's not how you respond, then just you know, take this in. So, so way back, way, way, way back in June, I think it was, we started in on a series called The Kingdom Story, and we talked um, out of this verse the first week, um, part of the Lord's Prayer, very familiar, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, okay? And what we said about that uh, in that series, how we started off, is that the kingdom of God is, first of all, the active rule and reign and order of God. It's the active rule and reign. Of God. So it's not a physical place, right? It's not a realm in the ways that you would normally think about what a kingdom is, right? So like when we were driving, you know, from state to state uh, over our break, we crossed over many borders, right? And every time, you know, we're, we're, we're going there with the Google, you know, GPS, and it just pops up. You guys know how it goes, right? You cross the state line, it pops up, it says, you know, welcome to New Mexico, Okay. It's not something I see a lot coming up on my phone, but I saw that, right? Welcome to New Mexico. And you can see, you can see okay, I've, I've been in this one jurisdiction, and now I've crossed the border over into another jurisdiction. That's how we normally think about kingdoms, right, or territories and stuff, but that's not how the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is not a physical realm. It is where God's active rule and reign is happening, okay? And so we also talked about how the kingdom of God, while there's definitely uh, an aspect of the kingdom that is, is to come, that is kind of distant, right? I think God's people have always kind of known that the kingdom is kind of like coming in sort of this distant way. But what Jesus came to really tell us principally is that the kingdom of God is coming near, right? The God's active rule and reign can actually start to occur in the here and now, it's imminent, it's personal, it's holistic, okay? The kingdom of God is coming near. And finally, that the kingdom of God is received. That it's something that isn't forced on you, okay? It's something that you actually have to yield to. It's something that you have to welcome in. Um, and that's also pretty different from other, how other kingdoms work, right? And so with that whole setup, we talked the whole summer about the kingdom story. We kind of traced in the Bible the themes of God's rule and reign and how he'd set that up. And then in the fall, we started in on our series, The Way In Is The Way On. And we started that off by setting it up with Luke 17, 20, 21. And we, I, I, I taught out of this out of the King James, and I, I really chuckle at how often I've heard this referred to since then, the King James, right? Because the verse is, is this. Okay. When Jesus was the man of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Okay? And I don't know what it is about the lows and all that and the beholds that makes everyone chuckle, but it works. So it's, it's like, it's great. Um, but Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, you know, again, the kingdom of God is not what you would expect. There's not a, you know, they're looking for a specific time and place that, that everything is going to switch over into uh, their expectations of God's rule. But he says, no, that's, that's actually, I'm not even going to talk about the when. 
what I'm, and, and it's also not something that you can point at and say, oh, it's coming, it's, it's, that it's external. No, the kingdom happens within you, within you, right? So what, we said, what we've been saying in the series over and over and over again is this, that God's reign becomes active on the inside, right? That's where the kingdom of God happens. God's rule and reign happens on, in our internal space, on the inside, and so we must follow Jesus in, okay? That's where we've been at. Um, and again, hopefully, hopefully that's come through. We spent a bunch of time in the series uh, setting that up in different ways and going through different parts, and, you know, we... Uh, we took a turn. We, we, we thought we had kind of the whole series set up through December and actually felt like Jesus told us to take a, take a bit of a turn and, and kind of pause and calm down a little bit. And I'm really, really grateful that he did that for us. I think it just, I don't know, it, it totally, um, it, it really kind of blew me away, like what he was able to do with that space in December. Um, and, you know, we still had these things on the back burner, what we were planning on doing. And I felt like God took us on another turn coming into January here um, about where we were going to go. Uh, you know, kind of the idea behind um, the back half of the series was to talk more and more about how we follow Jesus into things. Um, we're always going in. And most of those things are things that are hard. <laughs> most of those things are things like we, we talked about our anxiety. Uh, we talked about longings. Um, we, had, we, were gonna, we were planning on talking about things like your pain or, you know, following Jesus into uh, disappointment, you know, things that, are, things that are difficult things to deal with and how it is that you let Jesus into those spaces. And we were just going to kind of keep going down that road when Jesus kind of took us in a, a little bit of a different direction. And, um, and we did have one week, I think. We had one week dedicated to this idea um, of following Jesus into joy. We had one week for that, so we were just going to kind of fly by that and keep on going. And as we prayed and as we thought and as we really kind of um, tried to think, well, God, what do you want for us? We're actually going to camp on this, on this idea of joy. This is what we're going to be doing for uh, at least about the next five or six weeks. We're going to be talking about joy. Joy, right? It's actually, for us, it's not, uh, it's not something that we talk that much about. Um, it's something that, as we'll get into over the series, there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of things that I think we actually, as a church, that maybe we don't understand about it, and that maybe is a growth edge for us in a lot of ways. So, um, so yeah, so we're really excited about that. And um, this morning, um, to get into that, uh, we're going to be talking out of Romans 14, and we're going to we're going to land on one specific verse, okay? Really, it's, the teaching is oriented around one verse. Um, but to get there, I am going to, I'm going to have to go through the whole uh, rest of the chapter of Romans 14, okay? I'm going to try to do that relatively quickly, okay? So if you have your Bibles on your phone or a physical copy, Romans chapter 14 um, I am not going to put this, I'm not going to put the whole thing up on the slides, uh, mainly because I think if I did that, then I would not be able to go through it as quickly. <laughs> so, Romans 14, and I didn't turn to it myself before I got up here, so we're going to watch me do this. And I always, so I always try to say this, if you do not have a physical Bible, I know you got one on your phone, but if you don't have a physical Bible, we would love to give you one. So, or even if you do have one, but you just want another one, 
you. We'd also love to give you one in that case, too. You can be greedy. It's okay. So, okay, so Romans chapter 14. Um, I was going to go into a whole thing about the book of Romans. Definitely cannot do that at this point. Um, but Romans 14 uh, it comes, comes towards the end of the book of Romans. And I think what's the main thing that's important to realize about this as we get into it is that uh, Paul has been spending, you know, the last, he spent really the first 11 chapters of Romans laying out this incredibly comprehensive picture of what the gospel is, like what it is that Jesus really did when he came in. And he, and he does that pretty clearly um, in order to be able to speak to some of the issues that we're now seeing in chapters 12 to 16. Um, issues that are around the church and how the church relates to one another, okay? So, so, so I, I say that because there's a lot, of, a lot of depth. There's so much depth. There's so much that he's done to set up um, what in this passage is going to just sound like a whole lot of practical exhortation and do this and do don't, that and don't do, don't do this, don't do that. He is, he is doing that. He's being specific, but he's, been, he's, he's set that up with a lot of other things coming into it, okay? So in Romans chapter 14, starting in verse 1, here's what Paul writes, okay? He says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over op- opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while a weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Okay? So right off, we see this kind of tension that's happening, right? This conflict. There's two groups of Christians in this church, and they're, um, they're, they're having some disputes. There's some tension between them. Okay? And one person uh, seems one day better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his mind. The one who observes the day observes in honor, in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. So why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we, uh, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account to him, of himself to God. Okay, so, uh, so we could, you know, there's lots of, lots of good teachings on this passage itself, right, for the sake of kind of highlighting how is, how is it that we relate to one another um, when there are issues that come up um, that are, in another translation, it says disputable or, or opinions, right, things that we might disagree about. And, and Paul's kind of setting up this model of, of really like learning how to be gracious and charitable and how not to judge each other, right? He's kind of outlined, he's getting really practical about what love looks like um, in the body of Christ, okay? Well, let's keep going here. It says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know, and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself, 
but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love by what you eat. Do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. Okay? And, you know, I got to admit that when I, was, uh, when I was looking at this teaching, like I said, the next verse here, 17, this is going to be our main verse. What I, wanted to, what I was planning on doing is just focusing on that verse, okay? And then I went and looked at the rest of the chapter, and I have to say I got a little bit of PTSD, okay? And why would I get PTSD over this? Well, the reason for that is because of a little thing called COVID. Do you guys remember COVID? Uh, it was this, I was this thing a few years ago. Um, and uh, during COVID, um, we were dealing uh, in, in the church globally, and certainly around here, we were dealing with a lot of disputes and tension about what it is that we should be doing and uh, what should, you know. And actually, if you, if you, if you want to be challenged by Scripture, uh, let me commend to you Romans 13. So in this election season, um, whew, I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not preaching on that because that would be a whole other thing. Um, but there's a, there was this thing called COVID, and we had some disputes, we had some opinions, and, um, and, and as I was looking over this, I, I, I remembered that this was, in, in fact, one of the things that, one of the passages that we had to look at uh, to kind of figure out to navigate, like, what, yeah, what, what should we be doing here? Um, I remember, actually, Bill, Bill wrote for us a, a really great um, kind of uh, summary and exegesis on, on this passage to kind of be able to help us to dissect what's, what's Paul's meaning here, right? So there was, there was all the stuff around. It was, it was all really good. And I think in the end, we, we navigated that um, really well in a lot of ways. I think that, I think that uh, our goal was to, um, to put love front and center. And, um, and yeah, we didn't do everything perfectly by any stretch of the imagination, but that's what we tried to hold to in principle. But but for me, right, <laughs> that was still a pretty challenging time, and a scripture I was looking back is like, yeah, I think I've got a little bit of PTSD from that, right? And I think part of that is because sometimes when we look at a passage like this, especially that's really practical, really instructive, it's really specific to their situation, right, in the Roman church. I mean, they had a specific argument that really we don't have today, right, over um, and, and it was a specific situation even that the government kind of did to them. Like the reason they had this tension was because of some actions that the Roman Empire had, had like put onto them. And so they have this very specific tension and Paul's, you know, gone all this distance in order to be able to address this specific thing with them. And, and we have a hard time kind of applying the, those kinds of things into our current lives, right? Like into our everyday lives. Like, like, I don't know, what, what is even the same thing as this situation, or what does that mean? Like, what's the difference? I have this question a lot. What is the difference between a disputable or an item of an opinion versus not? Like, that itself is disputable, right? I mean, one, one of the things that, uh, that we fully recognized after COVID was, for some people, what we thought was a disputable thing wasn't very disputable to them. And so even that is something that is hard to get a hold of sometimes, and so, I actually, in, in looking at the passage to, uh, this week, as I was going through this, I even more appreciate what Paul is doing in this passage, right? Because he goes through all this practicality, again, it's specific for the Roman church, but then he says this in verse 17. He says, For the kingdom of God 
is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. See, what he's doing there is he's, he's zooming back out, right? He's gone through all these chapters in Romans before that to give us this big sweeping picture and also to even go down into all these different uh, rabbit trails too and, and really get into the details of, of what Jesus did. And then finally in these chapters here at the end of the book of Romans, he gets specific, but he knows that as he's getting specific, he also needs to remind us, right? He needs to remind the Romans and as we read it too, he needs to zoom back out and he says, listen, I know I'm talking about all these specific things, okay? But this is the big picture. The big picture is that the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, right? And hopefully now that we've read through the whole chapter, you've got a, a little bit better sense. You could study this for a long time. There's a lot of context to this. You could study this for a long time to get a better idea of what he, what he means and what the tension is that he's talking about. But here's the, here's the part that we're going to focus on. Now, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy, right? And, you know, one of the things that we said at the beginning of The Way In is The Way On, right, is that uh, where does the kingdom of God happen? It happens within and part of the reason why we know that is from verses like this, is because righteousness, peace, and joy, those are things that happen from within. Okay? So whatever is going on in this specific context in Romans 14, and I would say for you, whatever is going on in whatever conflicts or places of tension that you feel in your lives, especially relationally, especially things that um, you're, you're, you're dealing with and you don't know what the answer's to, you know, you might feel lost in. Um, whatever that is, you know, it's almost, it's almost a little less important what the specific application is of something like Romans 14. It's much, much more important to understand what the basic principle, what the zoomed out principle is, which is that when the kingdom of God happens, when the active rule and reign of God comes near, what you're going to see is righteousness, peace, and joy. And that as we pursue the kingdom of God, as we seek to yield ourselves to the kingdom, the things that we should be paying attention to are also righteousness, peace, and joy, okay? In the Holy Spirit. And I love that he adds that, right? These are not static things. These are things that God breathes life into. They're dynamic, and that's, that's, that's good. It's so good. Okay, so here are just two things that I want you to walk into the rest of the series with, okay, just out of this. I know I, know I really haven't talked about joy pretty much at all in this series. That's why we're going to, in this teaching, that's why we're going to talk about it a lot more here, okay? But here's the two things. First of all is that joy is fundamental to the kingdom, okay? It matters to Jesus whether you are living in joy, just like righteousness and peace, okay? And so I just went through this whole thing about, you know, that's Romans 14, and what, what I really want you to actually pull out of it is that Paul says it's not just about righteousness, okay? You are all in church, okay? There's a lot of people out there on Sunday morning who are not in church, but you are sitting here in a church service, 
And so what I would venture to say about all of us who are sitting here in a church service is that righteousness probably matters to us, maybe more than the average person, okay? Righteousness is something that uh, maybe we, I don't know, for whatever reasons, maybe we innately feel like, yeah, that's an important thing. It's important to God. It's important to me. Um, You know, righteousness, peace, and joy, we talk about in the kingdom, you know, it's both something that has already happened and is also happening to us. That's another principle about the kingdom. It's imputed, it's already done, but it's also developing, right? And so, so we know that our righteousness, we are right before God because of what Jesus did, that's already done, but also that God is building more and more righteousness in us. And I think I'd venture to say that at, for, for us, we, we would tend to value that pretty highly, righteousness. And I think actually, when I think about peace, I realized that something God's been doing um, in our church, and I'd say really over the whole of 2023 at least, is he's been teaching us about peace, like how to have more of it, and why it is that peace goes away, right? Like how is it that we need to be spending time, we need to be settling down, we need to be quiet before Jesus, and one of the major reasons for that is for the sake of peace, right? That God values peace inside of us, he values peace amongst us, But I think, actually, joy, we don't put it on the same category as righteousness and peace. I don't don't think we do. I know for myself, I don't. Um, uh, You know, I remember uh, a while back, we were, uh, when when, when my kids were small. um, When your kids are small, there's a lot of challenges, okay? They do things, uh, I don't know, they, they, they kind of just... Uh, consume a lot of your energy and brain power and time and everything, right? And um, you get in these spots sometimes when, when bad things are stacking up on you and you're like, what is happening right now, right? And it really just kind of sucks any amount of joy out of the whole situation uh, when that happens, right? I think some of you know what I'm saying. And I remember one time uh, I was in, in one of those situations and I was just like, this is so hard. Like, I mean, I, I, I know I'm committed to doing the right thing. I'm not going to kill my kids, you know. I'm going to, you know, the goal is to keep them alive. I'm going to do that, right? Okay, that's the right thing to do, okay? And I, was, and I was trying desperately to get back to a place of peace, you know. Um, maybe that was sort of in reach. At least that was like a goal. But I got to say, I didn't, even, I, I didn't even think about joy, Right? very much in those spaces. In fact, I remember, uh, I remember feeling like, you know, there's, there's a couple of really highly identifying times of joy that I'd experienced up to that point. And they were both, uh, they were with each of my kids when they were like real little, okay, like this size. And, and for both of them, uh, I just had, I had a mo- one, one really distinct moment with each of them um, that's so, so clear in my mind, I remember forever, that I just felt like joy dropped on me, you know? It's like I was just looking at them, and it's just like this joy, just like, you know, joy in the Holy Spirit. It just like came into the space, and I just like wept. I was just like amazed. It was just incredible, right? Except those were the only two times that I could remember that happening. <laughs> like, that was, that was it. And I was like, you know, what am I, you know, if I'm going to experience more joy, is it like, does that have like more kids or something? I mean, maybe. <laughs> But that wasn't going to happen, you know? So it's like, like what it felt like as I was reflecting on it, it's like it felt like joy is just something that just sort of randomly happens to you, 
you know? God bless you if joy were to come upon you by the Holy Spirit and in sort of the random ways that maybe it does from time to time. That would be, that's so great. Praise God. Um, and, as, and as you hear other people saying that, you're like, oh, yeah, good for you, right? <laughs> There's even some cynicism in that. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. This is, I think this is what God wants to say, say to us as a church, right, in this, as we're going forward here. Joy is fundamental to the kingdom, just as, just as much as righteousness and peace is, okay? And here's the good news about that. Just like righteousness and peace it takes effort, and put thankfully, to follow Jesus into joy. Right? That's one of the things we've talked a lot about. It's that it takes effort. We don't earn our way into the kingdom, but it does take some effort to believe, to yield to Jesus. That's been one of our main themes. And that's true of joy. I put thankfully on there because, as it turns out, joy is random sometimes. And that's awesome. That's like one of the wonderful things about it. But it's also something that can be built. It's something that can be learned. It's something that, in fact, needs to be a priority and that God wants to make a priority for us, just like righteousness and peace. Right? It takes effort, thankfully, to follow Jesus into joy. So let me just throw this picture up here, okay? Who knows what that is? It is the Grand Canyon. Very good. Very good. So this is one of our stops in our, uh, in our journey over the break. Uh, we, were, we were very fortunate. We were very blessed to go to five national parks in that time, which is pretty amazing. And so here's the picture that we took of the Grand Canyon. And what was interesting about it is, I, I've, I, this is the first time that I've, I've really been to the Grand Canyon, and I, I had... Uh, I had always been fascinated by the Grand Canyon. In fact, I remember the first time that I played with Google Earth. You guys know Google Earth, right? The, when that first came out, and you can kind of like go 3D through things, I went to the Grand Canyon on Google Earth, and I was like, just flying in. I was like, oh yeah, that's so cool, right? You can see the 3D and all that. And you know, I'd seen lots of pictures of the Grand Canyon. I had, uh, I had talked to people about the Grand Canyon. You know, we had done research about the Grand Canyon. Um, knew a lot of things about the Grand Canyon. But, you know, when we got there, what uh, Isaac and I, uh, and, and their mom, Irene, as well, we were all there, probably the number one comment that we kept saying, right, the number one thing that I remember all of us saying was like, wow, the pictures just don't do it justice, right? Like being there, seeing it, right, being sort of absorbed in this, this massive thing, like the thing we just kept saying as we were taking pictures, right? I mean, we probably took like, I don't know, a thousand pictures or something between us. We're taking pictures all in, but we knew as we were doing that, it was like the pictures just don't, they, they didn't do it justice before, none of the pictures that we saw before. And we know as we were snapping these pictures, just like this, this doesn't do it justice, right? There's no comparison between looking at that and actually being there, okay? And I say that because, you know, the Grand Canyon, <laughs> being there, I would say, and with, with my family, brought really a tremendous amount of joy. It was really awesome. It was a great experience. We felt connected to God. We felt connected to one another, um, which we're going to talk a lot more about what joy is exactly. Um, 
And that was, that was an experience of it, being there. But you know, the Grand Canyon's uh, three and a half hours away from Phoenix, Arizona, which we drove to also. Um, it was like a long journey <laughs> to get there. But it was, it was a journey that was well worth it, okay? It took some effort. It did take some effort. Uh, but it was worth it, and there was no substitution for actually being there. And so that's what I would say about joy in general, right? There is a way in which joy will take some effort, and as we go into it, we're going to see what that looks like um, and where that effort lies and how that all works. Okay. But there's nothing that can replace it, right? And you know what I mean, right? I mean, times that you've experienced joy, I mean, it's like, it's like the best thing ever. It's the best thing, and you can't, there's, there's no way to manufacture that. And I think one of the interesting things is that, you know, there is a way in which you can sort of fake righteousness. You know, with righteousness, peace, and joy, there's all sorts of counterfeits for all three of these things. And there's a way that you can kind of look righteous and kind of fake righteousness. And there's even in some ways a way you can like fake peace. I mean, maybe even just in withdrawal, you know. You can kind of fake peace. Just, I'm just going to stop doing everything, and that'll look like peace. But, you know, joy is really hard to fake, isn't it? I mean, you can try, right? But it doesn't last very long. And, you know, especially around here, our, one of our highest values is being real with each other, right? We are real about the struggles and the pain and the brokenness in our lives. That's one of the things that we do best here and that we will always value here. And so it's hard to fake joy. I think that's actually a good thing. Um, and so as, we, as God leads us down this path, I think as we experience more and more of that, as we prioritize that more and more, as we see that, I think it's going to be the real thing. And I think it's going to be something that we'll be able to say, yeah, that is joy from the Holy Spirit. And it's really, really good. Okay, so here's, here's just real quick our invitation as we close up. So as you go through your week, and, just, and really, through your week, as you just go through day-to-day life here, I want you to reflect with Jesus on how you view joy compared with righteousness and peace as an indication and as a priority of God's kingdom. Okay? I say indication and priority because it's both of those things. It's like, like how you can tell that God's kingdom is coming, but also like the things that you are putting effort into that you're prioritizing. Right, so just pay attention to like, you know, decisions that you make or things that you see, what your viewpoint is. How does joy compare with righteousness and peace when you're going through your week? Right? And here's the, here's the verse. Right? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. Okay. So I'm going to have the worship team come up. We're going to do communion this morning together. And um, as we're coming up, I'll just say something about communion and joy, right? So communion, um, we think of it certainly in a scriptural as a time where we reflect on the ways in which maybe uh, our, our righteousness, which is, again, is imputed and is permanent, but maybe there's some barriers or dings to that in its development, right? What are the ways that maybe some things that have come between us and God, um, or maybe it's also a time to talk about peace, right? And where, maybe where there are areas that you feel anxiousness and 
or you don't feel peace with one another or with God, it's a good time to reflect on that too. But, you know, communion is also, of course, a time when we reflect specifically on um, the blood and the body of Jesus, right? And that he died. God sent his only son to die on a cross for us so that he could restore, and what we'll talk about later in the series, that he could restore his, his joy with us, his connection with us. And so that's an amazing thing, right? It's an amazing thing that God loves us so much, so much. And so why don't you just close your eyes with me to get into communion here. And just take a second to reflect on, on that. Yeah, so God, we just thank you so much for what you've done for us, all the things that you've done for us, but in particular, and first and foremost, for what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And so Paul in 1 Corinthians, he says, For I received from the Lord what I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and we'd given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant my new connection to you in my blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So I'm going to have Doug and Tanya come up, and they're going to take, uh, they're going to hold these baskets. And as you come up, up the two middle rows here, I'll give you that, you'll just grab one of these, uh, one of these cups the bread on top, and you'll just come back around to the outside, and you'll take a seat there. We'll continue with worship, and then I'll come back up after a little while, after everyone's through, and I'll lead us together in taking the elements, okay? So, Joy is 
there's joy. There's joy in the blood and body of Christ. So why don't you stand with me? And just go ahead and, if you haven't done this before, there's a little top layer here. Plastic, you peel that off. Take the wafer. Let's take this together. The body of Christ broken for you. cup. Just peel that back. The blood of Jesus poured out for our sake. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. One voice we sing in worship and in wonder. 
rise up It's the song of heaven Rise up, rise up and Join the song of heaven Rise up, rise up It's the song of heaven Rise up, rise up time we will do some prayer here to wrap up our service as we always do and um and we'll expect that he will meet us in the here and now too right and so if you're new here the way we do prayer is uh you can just come on up to the front or you can just find someone also in your seats or someone that's around that maybe you know or maybe that looks like they might want to pray for you i don't know how you can tell that but you know you might know Holy Spirit might tell you. So, but you can come on up. Someone who's trained uh, up in the front here, who uh, is trained in prayer ministry, will love to just bless you and pray with you. Um, just two real quick things that I thought of. One is just, you know, very simply, if you are in a season where you're like, yeah, I'd really love to experience more joy. Yeah, I think getting prayer this morning would just be a great way to open yourself up to that more, right? Um, and then also, this morning we were praying, we just kind of felt like there might be some of us who, you know, January came around a little quicker than you were maybe ready for it to. Um, you know, like things start, school starts, uh, work starts, and you were like, oh, maybe I could have used a little bit more time. And so if that was you, uh, I'd love for you to get prayer too. But you can come up for anything. We'd love to pray for you. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you into the rest of our time and space here. And we just, uh, we love that you want to meet with us. And so we just welcome more of that now, in Jesus' name. So come on up and uh, receive prayer, and we'll do one more song.
pray together as we close up. Jesus, we just thank you so much for your, uh, your mercy and your great love for us. And we thank you that we can experience that more and more. And so we just ask as we go out from this place, Lord, just keep, uh, keep your joy out in front of us, Lord. Would you teach us as we go forward? In your name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Well, uh, go grab your kids if you got them downstairs. Uh, if you still want prayer, there's never too late. Grab somebody for that. We'll see you back here next week. God bless.